In the words, Pablo Kings, Chuck D. Bring the news. FM Podcast Network. I'm Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope all is well. Hope all is blessed. We have an interview for your head top. Coming few and far in between, but we get we get him in now and again. <laughs> um, this was a this is a special one, um, as uh, the reason why is because uh, this was wasn't one that I was asking for and those those are kind of the best ones right the ones that just someone asks me about something and I'm just like yeah come on then so I was emailed I think at the start of June around that time about a theatre show that was going to go down uh, throughout June and July at the Theatre Royal Stratford East <clears throat> and I was asked if I wanted to see it for free and then afterwards interview the director and two lead actors for said show. And I obviously hopped at the chance, as you imagine. Um, so, yeah, I did that. I went to see the show mid-June, had, did the interview last week. And here we are, an interview and a pod for you guys to step to. Um, so this interview is with the director and two lead actors of Tambo and Bones, which is currently showing at Stratford East. Has been being has been going on for about two weeks and will go on for I think another two weeks or three weeks um after this this episode drops. Um so yes, yeah, kind of a good time to do so. Um, for all parties involved, and um, yeah, I'm here to drop this. Um, they did initially ask me to if I, if I could put this on DITD on Digging Digits, and I have. Um, this is dropping on the same day on the Wednesday. I thought since I dropped DITD on Tuesdays and WG on Thursdays, Wednesday seems like a happy medium for both. So the interview itself is on both platforms. So. If you follow both, if you're one of those special people that follow both me on WG and also listen to the ITD, I bless it up to all of you, um, then yeah, you're going to hear the same interview twice. Um, but the intros are different and the outros are different because I am I have to I have to be different, right? Um, so yes, we get into that and uh, I get, uh, it's split into two parts. Um, I have half an hour, the first half an hour is with uh, Matthew Zia who is the director of said show, Tambo and Bones. And the second half, uh, it does involve Mr. Zia as well, but also involves uh, the actors Rashawn Stone and Daniel Ward, who play the titular characters. Um, We talk about, obviously, the play itself, the reactions. um, In more of uh, Mafia Zia's case, we talk about the kind of inner workings of the story itself and what you're supposed to get from it etc etc it is a very fascinating play um, I'll give you some details on it um, it's a uh, play that was written uh, by Mr. Dave Harris um, uh, of West Philly West Philly born and raised and now the show after being after having a run in LA and New York is now come to London it's now come to Stratford East and um, it's a very uh, <laughs> it's a very interesting play that um, 
with the commentaries, uh, intersection of race, capitalism, performance, uh, the concept of minstrelsy is a very big thing, and is kind of like a touchstone for the whole play itself. And um, yeah, it's just very interesting. And it's extremely interesting if you were like me and you went there and there was a very diverse um, audience, um, you know, of, uh, you know, white, black, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, the more diverse, the better because of the reactions people have to the quote unquote jokes and the funny bits, right? Everyone reacts in a certain way. I talk about that with Matthew Zier as well. And it's a, it's very, it's a very fascinating part of the conversation indeed. Um, but yeah, we get into that, um, we get into their, you know, kind of beginnings as Matthew as director and Stone and Ward as actors, um, the reaction to the poll thing, um, in the title of this episode, a note on quarters is my favourite part, personally, and uh, you'll get to understand why a note on quarters means anything, um, and of course, we get into the top five as well. So, with that said, sit back, grab your snacks... And I hope you enjoy. Okay, Mr. Matthew Zia, appreciate you uh, giving me the time, I guess, and bless me with the time. Likewise, right? <laughs> yeah, so um, I wanted to, I usually uh, do interviews in terms of uh, uh, getting started with the person who I'm talking to, um, and then obviously just get into the, whatever the thing we're talking about, in this case obviously Tambo and Bones, here at lovely Stratford East, um, but yeah, uh, so, I mean, I'm reading, forgive me if I'm just like reading off like, uh, you know, off the book that mm. was, uh, obviously people can cop off they see the show, but um, yeah man, obviously you're, uh, I think, uh, how would I word it, you're uh, uh, you work hard, at least. I've been working hard. Yeah, You've been working hard. I've been yeah. hard. I'd like to work less hard going forward, but yeah, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm as tired as Tambo right now. <laughs> I just need a nap. Just need a nap for the fake ass tree. <laughs> any, any, any tree, any fake tree. Ass bed. But yeah, um, I guess in terms of uh, obviously being a theatre director, when did that particular front and just um, part of your career come into frame for you? Yeah, so this building uh, means a lot to me. I was 11 years old, I grew up in Forest Gate, Stratford, Laserstone, right. down the road. Oh, local, yeah. Um, needed attention uh, and, and drama was an outlet. Mm-hmm. So I began acting out uh, and then moved towards acting, <laughs> I think. Um, and someone suggested that your local theatre has this, this youth theatre. So I came down here and joined the youth theatre. Spent about 16 years, about 10 years in the youth theatre. Uh, from like 11 to 20-ish. Um, and through this building, I just met some incredible people. Uh, one of the people I met was a guy called Alts, who's one of the design- designers on Tambo and Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was writing music, I was writing hip-hop beats, I was writing lyrics, I was in a rap crew with my friends. I was also in a rap crew with Estelle back in like 1997, way back when. Oh, really? Um, yeah, called 20 Times 2. <sighs> based over um, in West okay. London with like Reveal, Mr. Hectic. Yeah. Um, Estelle, a bunch of other people, a guy called Spectre. That's cool. Um, but here in East London, uh, this guy walked in and he said, uh, so Jay-Z's just sampled It's a Hard Knock Life from Annie. Do you think it's possible to sample an entire musical? And I mm. said, because I was like 18 or something, mm. yeah. Mm. 
uh, and we got to work on making this show called The Boys, D-A-B-O-Y-Z, the most hip-hop spelling we could find. Of course. Uh, for a show that was originally titled The Boys from Syracuse. Right. Rogers and Hart musical, based on the comedy of areas, so two twins and two twins, and they all get mixed up. We did that, and we did it as a hip-hop concert here in Stratford East. At this time, I'm ju- I'm ju- I've just joined BBC One Extra. Uh, so I was the first signing with my hip-hop show. Mm-hmm. Uh, just left Pirate Radio. Mm. Uh, and Alt says... There's a play by a guy called Jean Genet, uh, French Arabic dude, mm-hmm. uh, and he's written this play. He wrote this play in 1950 called *The Blacks*, which was about the history of what white had done in Africa over a period of well over 400 years. Um, and he said that he, he felt like some of the, the speeches in it allied themselves to the anger of Chuck D, maybe. Um, or the anger of some gangster rappers on the West Coast, that mm. kind of vibe, that kind of late 80s, early 90s vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, will, will you help me adapt it into a hip-hop show? And I said, yeah. Uh, and we did that, and we had um, like Kaiser was in it from Terra Firma, um, Carl Ramsey, uh, Nolan Weeks, who were all like hip-hop performers, poets, Cat Francois, uh, who was like the slam champion at the time. Mm. Uh, and he said, I want you to write the music, I want you to be in it, and it was the last time I ever acted in front of anybody. Uh, <laughs> and then the last thing he said was, I want you to co-direct it with me. And right. I said, I don't really know what that means, but I'll sit next to you while you direct it. And he very cleverly said, that's what it means. Uh, so I sat next to him whilst he directed it, and we spoke about the direction of the play and what it meant and the design. Um, and off the back of that, I got an agent. So it, it is through hip-hop and through music that I have ended up directing. Um, and then at some point, around about 2012, I DJed at the Paralympic opening ceremony on my 30th birthday nice. in the town I'm from, in front of 85,000 people. Yeah. And that's the day I hung up my turntables. Oh, really? And I said, no more. No, no more of this wow. silly lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to be home by 11 most nights. Yeah. Um, and then I started moving more closely to kind of making directing the, the focus of my career. Definitely. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a wild life. Interesting. No, because, um, I mean, the first, uh, when, you, when you mentioned Estelle, I actually um, recently did an episode um, on Estelle. Uh, oh, when really? we did, uh, we obviously every October, we do um, kind of UK Black History Month, and um, we just obviously cover UK artists. And when we did Estelle, it was very fascinating because of just how she actually obviously came through hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people obviously just know her through American Boy, but yeah. there's so much, in, especially in her music, and yeah. obviously her storyline especially, towards that. And, you know, it was just, in, it was just very interesting to highlight. But, um, yeah, on your side, um, obviously, the hip-hop journey um, brought you here into, I guess, um, more... Uh, traditional arts right? mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of instead of the more uh, I yeah, guess it's uh, definitely older than hip hop right? yeah just just by <laughs> uh, a few years just by a few years um, so obviously when it's going, going from the acting to directing um, for someone I mean I'll be honest like me that don't know what theatre directing specifically is because mm-hmm. I feel like people can watch a film and understand what a film director does but what does it is there any specific differences between the two or uh, yeah what's the differences I guess between film and theatre I mean it's it's quite similar in that you're working with a team of human beings to achieve a thing that has a fixed duration yes Uh, 
just that that fixed duration in theatre is replayed every night live, so you have to have rehearsed it yeah. so that the kind of blocking you would do in a movie with the camera rehearsal and we come around the back of the table and move around the chair and then you step around here and the camera stays on the whole time. Yeah. That's basically what I'm doing for four weeks. Uh, where they'll, they'll just do that like for an hour and then they'll film it and yeah. then that will go in the can and then they'll move on to the next scene to edit that. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm doing it all of it. So I'm, I'm casting the show with the casting director. I'm mm-hmm. working with the fight director. I'm working with illusionists. I'm working with vocal uh, coaches and, and dialect coaches. Of course, I'm working with the actors every single day, um, starting with like uh, what I call like a contextual deep dive, like why are we doing this play, what are mm. the themes within this play, why mm. do you want to do it, mm. watching relevant material, so in this case, watching some minstrel performances, watching mm. some antiquated, dreadful racism from America and the UK as well, yeah. um, and then beginning to help them build their characters, working out which bits we're going to rehearse when. Uh, been working with the design team for like a year on costumes and set uh, on what do robots look like 400 years from now someone going hey wouldn't it be amazing if they just like sat down but they didn't need a chair because they were a robot and they could just lock their legs right yeah sure we'll have some of that yeah Um, so I always think that that there are two parts of my job one is to inspire the creativity in others right and the other is then to curate the best bits of that creativity to make whatever the show ends up being I always say, like, I don't know when an actor should move, how they should move, until they offer me something. Right. And then I go, yeah, that's great. But if you did that on the second question mark in that line of text, it right. would be so much clearer for us as to why you've stood up at that moment mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah, so you let, you let them lay the foundation, basically, and then and then you just add on to that, and then the collaboration begins specifically. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's very fascinating. So is it, is it in a case of, um, from like the night-to-night, day-to-day of the performances themselves, does that, does, do you have much, uh, I guess, um, does it change much? Hopefully not. No, Hopefully not. There's, but... a, there's a book called Different Every Night by right. a director called Mike Alfreds, which is the a way that you ensure that the actors are playing different every night, mm. but within fixed parameters that mean that the audience, if you come and see the show tomorrow, you'll get, a f- and then you talk to your mate who saw the show on Wednesday, you'll be able to have a conversation about the same show. Right. It's not going to change so drastically. Right. Um, however, whether Daniel puts his hand on Rashan's shoulder or not at a particular moment, yeah. that might be different every night. Yeah. But that's because you're trying to work out the objectives and the intentions, and then so long as they play those, I'm sure about it. Some directors want it to be like, you know, they're like grid-based rehearsals you move mm-hmm. here on this line then you move over here on this line you turn 45 degrees to your left you look him in the eye you say this I'm like that will kill it dead yeah um, and actually actors need to be able to go out and find the freshness of it every night and play and, and enjoy playing definitely definitely um, the other thing I want to say about hip hop right uh, please do like for me <laughs> what I'm doing in theatre and what I'm doing in hip hop are exactly the same thing which is I'm highlighting stories of, of inequity and equality, mm. which is what I was doing by playing hip hop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because my focus was like global underground, or what would we say international worldwide underground hip hop. Right. So I was interested in whatever your version of the housing projects, the housing estates, the favelas, the shanty towns. Yeah, yeah. Who's speaking from those places? Right. And essentially the, the work I'm making now in theatre on the main is again trying to find those voices and empower them and platform them. Oh, that's solid. That's a real, uh, uh, yeah, that's a real quote to take, I think. Yeah. Well, I needed a through line in my life <laughs> to understand why was I doing that and now I'm doing this, what connects them? 
No, and that's fascinating. I think having that, because I feel like a lot of people um, in their careers kind of um, go without that through line sometimes, and it um, may create a wealth of, um, I guess, knowledge or wealth of um, just experience. But having that specific, I guess, um, touchstone, mm. I guess, and having that center to know what you're doing, it, I don't know, reaffirms the purpose, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So um, when did you do it? When was the first time you read read this? 2019. Uh, there's a playwriting prize, probably the UK's biggest playwriting prize called the Bromwood Prize, mm-hmm. um, which is funded by like a property developer, the Bromwood uh, organization. How fun. Tell me all. Uh, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but the playwriting is amazing. Sure, 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 sure. I'm sure the, I'm sure the work is lit, yeah. Um, and the buildings are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I went to this award, and for the first time ever, they'd introduced an international category. So there were a bunch of plays from all around the world, and there were two outstanding plays from America. Uh, can I swear? Go for it. It's hip hop. One was called uh, <laughs> That Fucking Miss Saigon Play, right. which was unpicking the, the stereotypes and cliches that exist within Miss Saigon and right. having the protagonist trying to escape yeah. that scenario. Yeah. And then the other one was called Tambo and Bones, and they did a 10 minute excerpt of it, and mm. I was in fits of laughter, and I could sense this kind of hip hop edge to it, and I, I then started a. Uh, a three-year campaign of uh, letting the playwright know that I was the only person in the United Kingdom who should be allowed to handle his play. Mm. Uh, which, in, like, I had to, you know, tell him that I directed Daniel Kaluuya and I used to have a hip-hop radio show and I can spit bars and I can write beats and all of that stuff. And then he was like, yeah, cool, I want you to do it. But then we had to wait for him to do his American premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to do the bi-coastal, so he had to do New York and LA. Right. But then before that happened, COVID happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just slowed everything down. So yeah. four years, four four years, I've been waiting to make this piece of work. Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what that ten minute snippet was because, in my opinion, when I watched it, I was just like, okay, I'm seeing where this is going. And then, I, then the second act happens, I'm like, I don't see where this is going. <laughs> and then the third act, I'm like, I still really don't see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's one of those things that when you watch it until the end is yeah. when you get it. Yeah. And I find that extremely fascinating. So I'm, I was, I was. Just as you were talking, wondering what the hell that ten minutes. I think it, I, 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 can't remember, I can't remember correctly, but I think it was the first act. I think it was the, right. the, the banter between Tambo and Bones, yeah. having different objectives. And I just want to sleep. I want to get the quarters then. Oh, right then. I hope you get the quarters. This is how it go. So I think it might have been the um, the treaty on race that he did. Yes, that might have been in there, and that just grabbed me. Yeah, to be so like dismissive. Yeah of slavery and all of the pain and trauma and yeah. rape and murder that happened over that 400 year period yeah. and to have Bones sitting there going ooh, ooh. Oh. <laughs> I was just like this is wild this is dangerous it's, it's, yeah, it's what is yeah, certainly is certainly that honestly when I was, I was, I was reading this on, on the train camp ride here and I feel like there are you know specific moments I think in all three where um, there is just that kind of disarming element to it and that's kind of what makes it what it is and I think that that Trius of America is you know done over let's just say like five-ish pages or whatever mm. but it's 
is uh, <laughs> is very visceral in just how it just kind of gets to the point, but really just skates over a lot yeah. of things. <laughs> but it's, it's both profound and superficial at the same time. Yes, yeah, it's incredibly. Yeah, incredibly. Yeah. I think the writer is a genius, and I think that he's what he's done with this play. Like the thing that people always talk about plays is a form. Mm-hmm. The form of the play should be doing the same as the content of the play, and this play really does that. So you, you, he like he pulls you in. Mm. Reels you in so you're laughing at the stereotypes and the cartoonish and the coonery in Act 1. And then you're in Act 2 and you haven't quite noticed that it's similar. You've yeah, still got yeah, some dangerously yeah. mm-hmm. questionable stereotypes yeah. of hyper-masculinity yeah. uh, and, and yeah. Um, yeah. radical preaching. Embracement of capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Becoming, these things, exactly, these exactly. And then we're in it. And then we jump forward 400 years and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. And that's it. And people said to me, the number of people said to me, I get the first act, I get the second act. But I'm not quite sure what happened in the third act. Yeah. I'm like, then one, you weren't paying attention to the first half of the show properly mm-hmm. because it's all about the third act. The whole play only makes sense when you get to the future and you've got this modern minstrelsy happening with these two white robots uh, who are someone else's version of whiteness and then you have to be able to apply that back to the start of the play and of course there's somebody else's version of blackness they're a concept of blackness it's holding up a mirror isn't it it's holding up a mirror it's holding yeah. up a mirror yeah to whiteness and white society exactly 400 years the, the fact it's 400 years in the future is not an accident you know it's not 500 years in the future yeah okay oh, wait expand on that 400 instead of 5 well 400 years ago was the start of the slave trade Got you. Say less. Okay, right. I'll scramble then. But yeah, no, yeah. that's that's powerful. That's what I mean. It's not three hundred years ago. It's not six hundred years ago. Mm. It's like, yeah. Okay. It's a direct comparison. Mm. Essentially. Yeah, man. Okay, I'll just eat that. Yeah. I think like people should see this play more than once. I really do. Yeah. The first time you're like in it and watching it, and then at the end you get it, and then I think you need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. With that new. It's like watching Sixth Sense the second time or um, right. Fight Club the second time. Right. Like, oh look, did you see that little glitch? Yeah, yeah. You start seeing, you start seeing different stuff. Yeah, no, it's definitely. I feel yeah, one of those things that deserve repeats. Because even when I was, you know, I was listening to music on the way here, and like, mm-hmm. you know, some there's some albums I listen to, and I can immediately, you know, get the vibe like from track one. Um, but then you listen to something else, and it's obviously you can be more conceptual and more, uh, you know, just dense, yeah. and yeah. you feel like you're not giving it enough attention. So you just kind of want to spin it back, run it back, and just see, okay, let me actually understand this. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that definitely comes about obviously through this uh, through this particular play. Um, we go about uh, eight-ish minutes, mm-hmm. so um, I usually. I usually finish up on um, a couple of questions uh, that I do via one pod, but not the other. Yeah. Um, so the first one is, um, what have you been, I mean, I can't imagine you have been doing all this, but what have you been spinning, reading, consuming art-wise that you would recommend to the people? That is not Tambo and Bones, of course. No. Because that's obviously what we're doing here, yeah. but... Uh, spinning Killer Mike's new album, Michael. Okay, interesting. It's phenomenal. Interesting. He's he's jumped to the top of the pile for me this really? year. Really? Like, interesting. Yeah. interesting. I love his activism. I love his politics. I love his southernness. Uh, yeah, and he's just smart. The lyrics are smart, intelligent. I'm like, I'm, 
Too old now, isn't it? So I just, I just want intelligent <laughs> lyrics that make me think about life, not bang, bang, skeet, skeet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. But he's still, he's still got enough hood in him to, right. to have not left the streets completely, which is nice. Right. Um, what else have I been listening to? Jelly Huss's new single, like, I must have listened to that 16 times already today. Mm. Um, and trying to work out what Drake's doing on it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's not so. No, exactly. It's that's not. not, so not. I enjoyed the J Hus bits. So I'm looking forward to that album. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I've been banging Beyonce for a while now. I took my daughter to the concert. Oh, really? Concert. How was that? Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. She's nine years old. And I've she seen a lot of clips. All of her. Any day, she'll just like look at me and say one of either two things: "Daddy, I can't believe you got me a cat," or "Daddy, I can't believe I was in the same room as Beyonce." <laughs> and I was like, "It's a big room, baby. It's like a very big room." And they were about. 95,000 of us there. Yeah. But she was in the same room. So, yeah, I love that. Uh, and it's a conceptual album, isn't it? I'm enjoying it. Uh, again, it feels grown. It feels mature. Um, what other art am I consuming? Not much at the moment because I've been in rehearsal. Yeah. Um, I went to see a play called A Strange Loop the other day, mm-hmm. which is about uh, a plus-size queer black man writing a musical about a plus-size queer black man who's writing a musical about a plus-size queer black man who's writing... And that's the strange loop. <laughs> uh, and it is wild. It was developed at the same place as Tambo and Bones, actually. So it's, okay. got, it's got edge. It's got edge beyond edge. And you're like, did they just say that? Did they just do that? Oh, my God. Wow. Tyler Perry gets roasted from the very start to the very end, um, ripped into tiny little shreds and left on the floor of the theatre. Yeah. Uh, and then what I'm waiting to dig my, my get my teeth into dig my teeth into don't do that what I'm eh? waiting to get my teeth into dig my fingernails into is Black Mirror alright and again and this isn't all about Tambo and Bones but I think Tambo and Bones is a theatrical Black Mirror yeah no definitely I can see that yeah yeah I see the parallels yeah because yeah, yeah. um, I mean the one word I, I came out with after, after watching this was meta yes uh, <laughs> very aware of where it is who's yeah, there where we are everything's self-aware or completely not and yeah. it's just uh, yeah and it was and, and as a kind of just um, general thought that I was having when I was watching um, the, the the audience was I think relatively um, well relatively diverse I'd say right mm-hmm. um, and the responses from some contingent to the other contingent was very interesting. That's what I love. It was very interesting. That's what I love. Who's laughing at what? Who's it laughing at what? It was very interesting. <laughs> very interesting who was laughing. Some people were laughing harder than most. Yeah. Some things. I was just like, okay, that's okay, right. It's, it's uh, yeah, it makes you, I guess... Um, I don't know if people think like I did in terms of that, where even in real time I was watching things happen and I'm having my own reactions, but I'm also having this secondary reaction mm-hmm. of just going like... Yeah, why did she laugh at that bit so hard? Laugh, you're laughing yeah. hard, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my partner came to see the show with a friend last night. She's seen it three times now. Yeah. But she said, when we got to the bit in Act 3, yeah. uh, and I'm trying not to do spoilers because I don't know when this all comes out. Yeah, yeah. But there's a bit in Act 3 which gets really dark and is full of vengeance yes and uh, fire and yes. murder yes and there was this woman sat there and every time they're going uh, 
I can say the line because you won't know it again. Uh, Tambo was talking about genocide and this woman just went, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, no, no, you're missing the point. You're not getting the point. It's not about obliterating people. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But again, this is why I make art. I make art to provoke a response and it's not my job to to name that response, to control yeah, no. that response. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, sometimes people talk about inappropriate laughter. I'm like, you laughed. It wasn't inappropriate, you, you know? The piece of art was there. Who decides what's appropriate, what's not appropriate? Yes, yeah, it's, it's the interpretation element. In my head, I just think, I learned an awful lot about you when you laughed just then. Right, exactly. <laughs> Every, everything's kind of, it's just one big experiment in some fashion. Yeah. And, yeah, just gathering, I guess, uh, thought, uh, it, it, it releases, I guess, uh, hidden, something hidden within people sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and I think art is ultimately about revealing truth. Exactly. Versions of truths yes. in this modern world we live in where everyone's got their own particular truth. But right. Ultimately, that is it. Yeah, certainly. Um, <clears throat> and the last question I always finish on um, is what's your top five? Now, I always preface this with it is your own top five. It doesn't have to be um, even related to anything we have talked about. It top be- five pasta shapes. It's very funny you say that because <laughs> that's usually the example I give really? on my pod. <laughs> What things can you divide into It five? can be as broad or as specific as you like. Um, so, yes. I really hope you do pass shapes, Loki, but don't have to. But yes, uh, what is your top five, Mr. Beth? Uh, there's only one pasta shape that's even worth fucking with, and that's uh, Strozza Bretti. Okay. Um, not many people even know about. But I, I, I don't, but I yeah, no. It's, it's quite chewy. It's two little twisted strands tied right. together. Okay. Uh, great for picking up sauce okay um, yeah 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 but that is the king of pasta shapes so All right. <laughs> contenders, there aren't another four okay fair enough um, it feels logical to do hip hop albums uh, sorry not hip hop hip hop artists rappers feels logical is that a bit played out do you want something more interesting it's your top five bro uh, it's, it's, it's whatever you want to do at the Ooh, top Andre 3000 the greatest rapper ever born on planet earth the greatest hip hop artist ever born on planet earth Andre 3000, really excited that here he's in the studio recording a new album mm. when he's not walking around Japan with a wooden flute. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. both of those things excite me to the same degree. Yeah. Um, after him, right now, I'm going to say Jay because I'm just a sucker. Love Jay. Have done since 1996, mm. 1997. Mm. I remember doing my GCSEs, listening to my In My Lifetime Volume 2, yeah. which is the wackest album, but I loved it. <laughs> Uh, didn't want to say didn't want to say yeah, yeah. loved it loved it fair enough, fair enough. Um, I was 15 you've got to forgive me we have all of this yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> um, my third favourite hip hop artist right now right here is um, Common I think oh, I didn't think I was going to say that good shout I didn't think I was going to say that good shout it just came out of my mouth just like that he never comes out uh, and I like the maturity of his journey and yes. how he has grown incredibly and wise and intelligent yes. and and yes, yeah, he's an elder. He feels like a real elder yeah. in the game right now. There's a there's a book. There's a book about hip hop aging that needs to be written. Yes, I would love to write one day, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have the time. But there is yeah. there is something past and, mistakes and, and exactly and, and yeah, common and Killer Mike. I've yeah. mentioned is yeah, 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 definitely yeah. one of the one of those examples. Yeah, he's moved on from all day I dream about sex. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm gonna chuck Killer Mike in there right now, right here. Fair enough. Uh, what's that? That's four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then my fifth one, 
Oh, who do I always go back to? Who do I always go Jay, obviously. Um, Nas can't pick a good beat. Uh, See, no, don't make, it's 5.01, don't, don't start. <laughs> don't start on Nas, because you've got the top one. It's 5.01, don't, don't make me have to argue. We've got, <laughs> how long do you think I would do? Cut, cut all the stuff out about 10 bones, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, my, my, yeah, uh, I want to say Black Thought. Yeah. Uh, but instead I'm going to say Tambo and Bones are the greatest hip-hop duo on planet Earth right about now. Outstanding. <laughs> very good. Very, very meta review. Very and meta um, review. Yeah, It's like a fictional group. Yeah, very good. Very, yeah, very on point. Um, but yeah, man, it's Matthew Zia. Thank you so much for this, uh, this time. Okay, alright, for the, I guess, second half of the review procedures, uh, we have uh, Mr. Rashawn Stone. Hello, hello. And also Mr. Daniel Ward. What's good, sir? Hello, how's it going? All good, all good. Um, so, put simply, uh, we'll start with you, Rashawn, I guess. Uh, when was the first experience of you acting? Oh my god, uh, I didn't expect you to ask that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Those are the best questions. The first time I acted was in school, mm-hmm. and I was desperate to be in the school plays. And I used to audition for the school plays, mm-hmm. and then everybody else would get the parts in the school plays, mm-hmm. and I'd be the one standing at the back. And then one time, they did a musical called Dracula Spectacular. Interesting. And I was literally one of three people in my year that could sing. I was like, finally, yeah. I'm going to get a part in this show. <laughs> And I stood at the back, <laughs> and I had the only non-singing role. Oh, wow. no. Yeah, that's how my school rolled. <laughs> so you have <laughs> weak pipes in the front. <laughs> What's going so, on? Yeah, so the guy that played the part that I wanted, yeah, uh, couldn't sing a lick. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I started acting. Outstanding. Yeah. Then also, they missed a third rhyme, because they could have had spectacular, blackula, dracula. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's that creativity right there. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, um, first time experience, first experience in acting. I don't know. My mum told me the other day that I wrote a play when I was about five. Really? And made everybody come into the kitchen and watch it, and I never knew that. So, must have been doing it for a while. <laughs> was yeah. it good? She didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it get out part. But I had no idea. She said, yeah, you did that ages ago. But I used to write a lot of stories and write a lot of books. So you when I was a kid. So did you see, see yourself more as a more as a writer before before acting, I guess? I think it's probably I started doing I've always written stories. Mm-hmm. So I've done and I've done that from a very young age. Yeah. But um yeah, now it's straight down the line. Both. Love them both. Love them yeah. both. Oh man, fair enough, man. Do you still write? Yes. Yeah. Oh good. That's good, that's good. Um when did you? I asked, asked Matthew this, but um, when was the first time you you read this? First time I read it was when it got sent to me. When it got sent to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't aware of it before, and yeah. um, actually, that's a lie. Okay. Um, because I was rehearsing. <laughs> I just made that up. I just made that up. <laughs> I I was aware of it very vaguely because I knew um, that it was. Um, in the Brandwood in 2019 and I knew it got a special commendation mm-hmm. uh, but I hadn't read it um, and I was rehearsing 
for Catalan Hot Tin Roof at the Royal Exchange in Manchester, which is where the Very ceremony nice. was Sorry, held. Yeah. And I was rehearsing with um, Roy Alexander Wise, who's the artistic director of the building. Um, and he was like, whoa, that play, man. He was very excited about that play. Um, and it was his enthusiasm, actually. I was like, okay, this is, this is serious. Mm. Um, and everybody was really excited, but also felt it was a bit dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I kind of liked that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, let's go. Definitely. Yeah. Richard? Same, yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew there'd been a production of the play. Yeah. But didn't know anything about it and read it and was like, okay. That's um okay. That's challenging. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, but so yeah, just so literally um, a month, five weeks before we started rehearsing, something like that. Yeah. Oh, five yeah. weeks before. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, because Matthew was talking to me about, um, I guess, uh, in terms of obviously research and um, watching uh, minstrel shows and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, which, by the way. Um, sounds fucking horrible. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, it's not, it's not fun. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. So, yeah, it sounds horrible. It sounds like some clockwork orange shit, to be fair. Yeah, but it's just, just like, pinning their eyes yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. just trying to force force feed that kind of research is uh, never fun, but obviously it, I guess, makes for, makes for good art. Um, but I guess uh, on top of um, figuring out what the play was did you have a did you have a particular interpretation to it that you I guess wanted um, that you felt you could plant into it I guess in terms as actors did I word that correctly yeah (laughs) Um, when we did the research I found it quite challenging Mm -hmm. Uh, and I found it quite challenging to see uh hip-hop artists yes. and people that I liked mm-hmm. that had either borrowed from minstrelsy or minstrelsy had imitated them. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated relationship. Mm-hmm. And I came to Matthew with the idea of being topless and getting a tattoo because it was prevalent in the um, in the music I liked and the artists I liked and a lot of hip-hop stars. And I it tied into a particular type of minstrel that came up in the research and I was like, damn it, damn it. And it's about the black male body and it's about sexuality and vigour and it's actually, in terms of the minstrel world, they're supposed to be stupid and aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, um, easily manipulated. And mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of stuff, but there's a lot of there's a lot of rappers that get their tops off and use the black male body to sell their product. Uh, and that was annoying. Mm. That was challenging. Um, but that was something I felt like I wanted to explore quite early on in the process because I feel I felt like a lot of the driving force for Bones, which was about his materialism mm-hmm. and capitalism, mm-hmm also tied into mm. get rich or die trying if you send like yeah 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 make money yeah 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 in hip hop culture uh-huh. um, so I was like okay if you're gonna do it let's do it mm. you know certainly and on your side obviously the you know your character has obviously that other dichotomy yeah. of you know you have to kind of play the game so to speak yeah yeah, yeah. but 
you also kind of just well want to sleep and supposed <laughs> to get on with life yeah, yeah. supposed to be left in peace exactly uh, like a lot of brown folks do but um, there ain't no peace uh, but yeah I think um, like the hardest thing really was just like trying to find the elements of clown that were useful to the play I'm sure but I have no doubt I'm sure a production will come along of this where there is much more of a sense of minstrelsy mm. than we do. Mm. Um, uh, I felt very strongly that people would just stop listening if it was minstrels. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We talked about that. It's just like because the point is that he never he doesn't call us minstrels in the play. They're clowns. Yeah. So every time they come, he says, "Enter Tambo, a clown." Right? Yeah, Enter yeah. Enter mm-hmm. a clown. Okay. And Dave is too smart and too specific to do things like that. Like just as a like, and it. And it was just a really good way to set to bring in the elements of the minstrel world, but to always remember that you're not a minstrel, mm-hmm. that you're a clown. And it really, and that's why that there's a line in it when Tambo says, "I didn't know I was a minstrel," mm-hmm. and it is one of the lines that people go, <coughs> like it really affects people. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think if you went down the minstrel route of it and then said, I didn't know it was a minstrel. There's a different kind of yeah. play. Come out of dancing in white gloves. Exactly. <laughs> and then say, I didn't know it was a minstrel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our, our tambo and bones comes much more from a, uh, yeah, much more from a European clown tradition. Right. Mm. And that's interesting. And that's actually kind of fascinating to learn about, right? Just off you saying that, because there are obviously different, different types of, that kind of minstrelsy as you're talking about. And you, I guess, um, actively picking one specific, it still succeeds in the, obviously the task. But yeah, it might, it might, it would be interesting, I guess, having the different elements of like, say, you know, White gloves, yeah. tap dance. I mean, you could do a band yeah. with it. You yeah. could, yeah. yeah. That's what. And we reference that stuff, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You squint, and they cut the image of a minstrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or the silhouette of a minstrel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're in a minstrel, you know, fake ass pastoral world that is based upon kind of Victorian sets and things like that. Yeah. You know? um, but someone said to me, "Why? Why do they not have makeup on?" And I said, "Well, I, I quote." Uh, Bones because they're real N words, yeah. <laughs> not fake N words. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah. And so they don't need makeup, they, they just are. And if you see stereotype in them, if you see cliche in them, if you see the hustler, the street yeah. hustler, yeah. You know, there's, there's so many. I think it's, it's, it's a smarter take on yeah. clowning and minstrelsy. Yeah. yeah, and it's not, uh, and it doesn't need to be that overt, right? No, it doesn't no. need to be. And like, by real people, yeah. if they're actually real people on stage, then people engage and they have a connection to you. And, and that, they're not, you know, I wear gloves in it, but the gloves are all shredded mm. and they're dirty and grey mm. and they've got holes in them, they're all like moth eaten. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's like, there's nods to it. Mm. But we're not as much it. as there's a nod to waiting for Godot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And also a nod to the traditional tra- clown tradition of the faces of theatre one being happy, one being yeah. sad. Like yeah. it, the double act. The double act. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I didn't ask you, but I'll ask the three of you anyway, is um, how have you, obviously, the, as we record the, uh, you know, we've had a couple of, I think like a week or so, a couple of weeks now, um, how has, how have you gauged reaction towards uh, towards uh, the show itself? I don't know if so, I guess, or we'll get past the first one. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I've never experienced anything like it. Mm. I mean, I was saying to Matthew that like, most people, and I, when I say most people, I really do mean most people, the first thing that they say is, I'm coming back again. Yeah. And bringing oh, the answer. Yeah. Like, I've never been in so many people want it. They, they might say, oh, I love that, or I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. But they don't say, oh, and I'm coming okay. back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who says that? Yeah. Like, you've already seen it. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> but, yeah. like, there's something about this play that, um, that people just, yeah, yeah, got hunger for it. Yeah, know? no, literally. Um, I said beforehand that it, it, this is something that he feels, and I agree that should be seen at least you know more than once. Because mm-hmm. we referenced albums, but it's, uh, well, I referenced albums in that style where you know there's some albums where you can listen to it and you get exactly what the vibe is mm-hmm. on track one. But then you have something obviously layered and you know have deep concept, and you know sometimes you listen to it the first time and you're just like. I feel like I miss saying I should give it a spin, give it another spin, and yeah, this is definitely one of those. Where so I think it only makes sense when Daniel has said his final line. That's when the play finally makes sense, and then you want to go right. Can we go back and now watch it? Exactly. Back that yeah, we live back. Yeah. <laughs> we live back. Um, but yeah, reaction, Daniel. No, it's been dope, man. Yeah, and actually, yeah, like Sean said, we've had people on the third and fourth. Goes like who's not related to us. Like <laughs> normally, yeah, 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 yeah. Normally, yeah. it's like the uh, the partners that you know that are on the. But now, man, there's been yeah, there's been people who I've known uh, who've just come back again, and it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, surprising. And I've kind of been waiting mm-hmm. for somebody to be really annoyed. With me. I've been waiting for that person to come up to me and go, "How dare you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so." And it hasn't happened at all. And I was like, it's a bit of a shame. I was, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for one person. But everybody... We've ruffled lots of feathers, but yeah, everyone yeah. likes having their feathers ruffled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ruffle again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, it's been, it's, been, it's been incredibly well received. And, um, yeah, it's been so many messages of support and so many people who have really engaged with and loved the work. It's been really lovely. Um, yeah, got mates coming from got a mate coming from Scotland today. Jeez, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. That's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it feels like it's a hot ticket. Yeah. I don't say the hot ticket because I'm sure other people have got hot, hot tickets as well. Yeah. Um, but it does feel like it, it's got a big buzz around it, and I feel like yeah. I, for four years while thinking about making this play, I've been both worried about the reaction and excited about the reaction. Yeah. Uh, and I guess like Dan says, like that. That worry actually doesn't really hit because people are loving it and kind of understanding the intentions, particularly of the third act. Certainly. Um, so yeah, it's it's incredible. The response has been truly incredible. I think. That's what's up. Um, a question I wanted to ask you too is, um, I guess, as actors, because I was I was reading this um, well when I when I initially. Uh, went to see this and on the way here um, I didn't actually clock this until I was reading it today um, but there's a note on cause <laughs> um, so for people that are listening in the back of um, uh, what, what do you call this specifically uh, uh, play text play text good you can see I don't uh, do theater plays um, but uh, there's a note on cause in the back I won't read it all um, but it's just, it's just. It, it, I feel like there needs to, needs to be context for the listener. So um, it's quite possible that an audience member may feel a little emboldened by this play, and, and it perhaps might occur to them, should they happen, to be the type to carry this change, to give an actor a cause requested. 
and you guys have to obviously go really say it and stuff like that. Um, but <laughs> it says at the end, the actor should not, uh, should, under no circumstance, say thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one, has anybody thrown a call yet? Yeah. <laughs> Are they actually? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. a school group in. Yeah, yeah, They were throwing sweets, yeah, coins. Man, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All sorts. And, and I don't know which circus Daniel trained in, but he caught <laughs> 70% in his hat. <laughs> and I was like, that is incredible. Yeah, man, I ended up with about £2.50 in a suite that day. <laughs> <laughs> and they came back after the interval as well with dollar bills. Oh, gosh. Yeah, That's outstanding. Did you keep it? Or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it says, I think it's not really little bit of a 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 little bit of Right, and with with the way Dave writes stage directions, it's like he's whispering in your ear, mm. like a best mate you're out on a party with. Uh, at the end of the hip hop concert, it says you should probably take a interval here, probably P R O L L Y. Yes, yeah, Comma, yes. You probably got some shit to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do appreciate that. Um, just the, I guess, the use of language, even when you're reading it. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just flat on the page and it you know freaking works on that front i really appreciate that um so again at the eight at the eight minutes left mark funny enough um i usually finish off on uh two questions um unrelated to unrelated to this but just fun questions regardless um but yeah the first one is um apart from apart from tampon birds of course uh what other um Music, TV, art in general, have you been uh, spinning or consuming that you'd recommend to the people? Mm. That's tough, because when you're working, you don't really have <laughs> to do that. I have to go, my brain has to go back now. Yeah, 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 feel free. Exactly. Feel free. I can cut. <laughs> All the time. We can just stick it. I don't know why. You've been to about six concerts in the last three weeks. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Well, I've been doing, well, I went to the Burning Boy concert. He was incredible. You go nice. Splash? You go Splash? I went to see Splash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I went, I went to a few of Brock Pop Park. Did you go across the tracks? I didn't go across the tracks. Ah, I didn't go across the tracks. But yeah, it was, <laughs> but I didn't go across the tracks. And I didn't go to the hip-hop one, Project 6. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do that as well. I wanted yeah. to go to yeah. that one as well. That looked clean. But, like, I tend to turn off, man. And that's the honest truth. I'm similar to Rashawn. When I'm... Because this stuff is all-consuming, I tend to turn off. That's um, cool. I've said this before, but man, I just, I watch rubbish. I watch stuff That's like, true. I watch stuff like Gogglebox. And I have to, <laughs> I have to, to empty I your brain out of all this stuff. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's essentially saying, what art have you say? Oh, apart from this play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saturday morning kitchen, like, is that yeah. art? And <laughs> watching things that I, like, I, I don't tend to watch things more than once. And Fair since enough. we've been doing this, I went back and just started watching Succession again. Okay. I didn't even want it. I just like found myself just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. just watching it. Because you've seen it. Because I've seen it and it yeah. didn't take any effort. Yeah, exactly. And it just yeah, exactly. went in. Mm. So, yeah, to my shame, I haven't consumed. You went to the art. You went to the art. Like, you, went, you, you got the cards uh, from. Yeah, there was a, yeah, I went to the um, African art exhibition at the RSA. 
which was really good. Mm -hmm. um, that was really good. Sculptures and paintings and, and things that I don't really understand, but I loved it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. That was good for the soul. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what's that's what's up. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of it. Listen to an artist called George's new album. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Good album. That's a good album. Yeah. Really? That's a, George A R D S. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good. That was a good spin. That yeah, good, yeah, yeah. That was a good spin. Actually, we didn't. I didn't mention Royal Karma. I've been checking Royal Karma oh. recently. Very much enjoying our comedy. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. I saw his Glastonbury set, and it's kind of just one of those acts that I've been trying to see for like five years, and yeah. I just never have gotten the opportunity to. And he's an actor as well, right? You went, you went to Brick School and the acts yeah. and all of that. Um, and I, in his Glastonbury set, that I'm, after this, I'm going to go and have a drink with my friend Emma Bagger, who directed a show here in the same season. Uh, and in his Glastonbury set, he uh -huh. says, "Big up all my teachers, Miss Bagger." And oh, nice, 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 nice. That's nice. That's good. He was really good. I saw him years ago at Park Life and he was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. He was really, really good. I saw him at Park Life. I haven't caught up on any of the Glastonbury sets either. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, he, was the, he was the only one I watched. There are there are others that I feel like um, that I either have seen or just, um, yeah. There's some, there's some good stuff there, definitely. Um, but yeah, the last question I always finish on um, is uh, what is your top five? Now, I preface this with Matthew, but, um, and he outstandingly picked the example I always give. Um, but it can be as broad or as specific as you want, because it is your top five. It doesn't have to be about anything that we have talked about or anything, you know, just related to this. Um, it could be top five pasta shapes, if you want, if you want it to be. <laughs> but it's your top five, so what is your top five? Mm. Mm. And this is always an interesting experiment to see, like, who thinks about it and yeah. who just says shit. Yeah. <laughs> who just yeah, says top five in no particular order because of things that I'm on my way. Top five with my kids. Okay. Um, my stomach. I like, <laughs> I like just top I like five things in life. Food. Yeah. yeah. I really like food. Just things you value. Very, very important to me. Um, another top five is. Um, they read, they did an, well, I hadn't actually seen, but they did another remix of Prince's Sign of the Times. Okay. And I was just in bed the other night with my fantastic over-ear headphones on. I just lost myself for an yeah. hour and 15 minutes listening to this beautiful remix. Uh, that's in there. Um, this play is in the top five. And my last choice, uh, can I have two for my belly? <laughs> <laughs> like a cow. Yeah, two yeah. different stomachs. <laughs> stomachs. Just before I saw you, I had the best barbecue chicken from that cafe around the corner. <laughs> oh, wow. You know the, you know the Ukrainian one? I don't know it. Oh, no. of course. Yeah. Is it not the... Where they do the mango chicken? You know the... Oh, you get yeah, the coffee yeah, from? yeah, yeah, So, today I said, what's with the two chicken dishes? And she said, oh, the other one is boneless barbecue chicken. Okay. With this the way you talk about food, the way you sell it, you just sold it there with the way you overemphasize that B on bonus. Yesterday, you told me about it. Would you tell me about yesterday? Ted, that you got £10 for lunch. Oh, yeah. That's why it's in the top five. Yeah. That was a good lunch for £10. I know. I'm going to. You've already influenced me. I'm going. I don't know when I'm going. I might have to be between shows. I might, but I'm going. What's the name of the spot? It's this, I don't know the name of it, but it's in Westfield. And it's okay. um American barbecue rib joint place. Alright. £10, you get a piece of chicken, you get um, pulled pork, mm. you get a spicy sausage, you get spare rib, 
big one. The meat fell off. Cornbread, coleslaw, uh, spicy red beans, a drink of choice, which can be a beer, a wine, a prosecco. Oh my gosh! Because I was doing a show, it was a soft drink. Ten pound, and I have a huge appetite as well. Definitely. And I, and I said, "Is it is it big?" And she went. I was like, yeah, for 10 pounds, it's not really big. I'll still be hungry. And I literally licked up the last bean from my plate. <laughs> and I was like, I'm full. I'm actually full. 10 pound beans. 10 pound beans. That's <laughs> 10 pounds then. Outstanding. Daniel, top five. Um, I'm not going to think too much. I want to say uh, my missus, uh, steam, dumpling and fish. Mm. And my mum makes. A lot of food in these, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by Barbados. Yeah. Uh, it's very close to my heart. I need to go back there. Sleep. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. I just want a nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, and wellness. And I'm mental, spiritual, all of that. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask a quick follow-up question just to, to, before we finish? Um, mm. How how does um, a day-to-day go for you guys? Like in terms of like hours, when like wake up, do this. Uh, what's what's the day-to-day mm. structure? It's just sort of cha- it's just changed because we were we had an open play last week, mm-hmm. so last week was very different to this week. Yeah. Um, so last week was rehearsed during the day have a little break before the show do the show in the evening now it's just like recover from that (laughs) I'm sleeping my ass off I don't know about you like the the, the accumulation of tiredness yeah and it usually happens so for the first kind of week after you open all you want to do is sleep yeah and then once you get to the second week then you start to do things like do other stuff in the day go see friends castings writing we're both writers and then you can start to sort of bleed other stuff in, but right now I'm still in that shell shock bit. <laughs> I um, uh, I've got a builder who's doing some work on uh, my house, and he got, got a message this morning. It was about ten o'clock. I was in bed, and he was like, "Oh, I want to come round because I'm not staying at that house at the moment." He was, "I want to come round. I'll be there about eleven thirty. And I was like, "You fucker." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, you got it. Yeah, yeah, spray away. Oh man, I should have known that. (laughs) Forget it. I was like, and then I was like, come on, Daniel. It's eleven thirty, and I was still like, gotta get up. (laughs) Gotta get up. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go up, meet this guy. But yeah, it's changed. Yeah, it's changed, and it's very varied. Um, But yeah, recovery, recovery, because the show takes a lot out of you. Mm It's a lot out of you. Yeah, man, I can attest from just seeing it. Um, there's a lot of obviously just energy put through it, and mm. a lot of um, and you know, as someone that experienced it, I can you know happily say that it comes to a it it, it comes to fruition in that in that sense, and it's valued and it's valued. Mm. It's valued. It's valued from me. So I is I'm. We'll be honest, like, apart from, I was literally, this is like the second uh, playtext I've been, I've gotten. And the first one was like two weeks beforehand right. because my, because my pops uh, went to the Lenny Henry thing. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, he, went, he went to that and he was like, do you want the book? And I was like, 
sure. And he mm. gave me the book. So, yes, yeah, this is literally the second one I got. And, you know, I'm a screenwriter by trade anyway. Mm. Um, but having, you know, just this kind of mini experience in what theatre is about is... In, I was literally talking to a friend who is an actress herself and, you know, does theatre mainly. And... Um, I I said to her like, "There's something in this play stuff, isn't there? Yeah, there's, 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 there's something there's something interesting in that because I feel I didn't say it's you, Matthew, but um, it's one of the these, this is one of those things where I feel it's unique because it can't be done anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. it can't be done in, in another format." Yeah. Like, and that's why, again, that's why I give the word valuable to it. Um, because, you know, like I said, when it comes to the audience and how they react as well, and the certain people that react and how they and how other people react to it compared to other people, it's a very fascinating just uh, experience to have when you're having your own reaction and then noticing other people's reactions is very interesting. But I just wanted to give that as a part of the thought. Um, but yeah, man. Appreciate your time, guys. Rashawn, Daniel, Matthew. Really, honestly, um, really just an enlightening experience. Uh, overall, <laughs> really like it's very exciting. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. So there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was my interview with Mr. Matthew Zier, Rashawn Stone, and Daniel Ward of Town Bone Bones. I really, honestly, um, I did, I did say a couple of times in the interview that I'm not a theatre person, and I don't say that in terms of like I don't like theatre. I do like theatre. I respect it as an art form. Um, I just, I just have a lot of other interests, right? <laughs> I know. And, you know, and uh, I'd like to hit more theatre shows, um, but I just, uh, I don't know, I just don't make time for them. Um, but I'm very, honestly, very glad that I was given this opportunity to spin and to see the show because, um, like I said at the end, it really can't be done anywhere else. And I think those are the best, those are the best shows, right? that are unique and you can't do anywhere else. This can't be a, this can't be a radio play. This can't be a TV show. This can't be a film. Um, it can only be theatre. And that's what I really respect about this show and about theatre in general, that you can have those unique moments, that you can have those unique experiences and you can't do it anywhere else but, but in the theatre, in the theatrical play. Um, so, yeah, big respect to everyone involved. Um, and as a parting gift, consider it a little present, I guess, uh, for getting to the end of the episode. Um, the lovely people at Stratfordies, shout out to Miss Emma Gerald, by the way, who's been in contact with me in the past few weeks about this and gave me the opportunity. Um, I really respect um, her to hear me up. So uh, big respect to Miss Emma Gerald. Um, but yeah, she has provided us um, with, and hopefully you've seen the full description by now, but um, she has provided us um, for you guys, listeners of WG, DITD as well, obviously, um, a code 25% off any tickets for the run of Tambo and Bones. Um, it's 25% off band A, B and C for all remaining performances of the show limited to two per customer, and the offer cannot be applied to any pre-existing bookings, of course. Um, the code is, in all caps, CHARLIE25. I've got my own code, guys. I've got my own freaking codes. Damn. What? 
moving up in the world, eh? Uh, that's, uh, if you don't know how to spell Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E, the number two, the number five. Here are the full show notes. I've got the link for the show and then the code right next to it. So you can just highlight it, copy, paste, boom. It should work for you solid. Um, so yeah, if you guys really want to see the play, and I hope you guys do, hope you guys um, indulge in this, uh, please do. I really highly recommend it. And I'm not just guessing it. It's genuinely something that I'll remember for a, a very, very long time. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we shall leave it there. From the Fifth End Podcast Network, I have been Charlie Taylor, and this has been What's Goods. Intro music was Baxter by Brock Berrigan, and the interlude music was also Brock Berrigan for Ginger. Thanks to Chill Music for the bid to use both tracks. And with that said, hope you all have a good week. I shall always, always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.